right, you ready? Yeah. Y'all ready? Right. Yeah. Y'all ready for this? Wow. Y'all ready for this? That worked really well. I'm impressed. Tremendous power. You know what? Let's leave that part in. Hell yeah. Beyond. 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 Okay. No, you can't get sued on YouTube for singing. Top Podcast Beyond, episode 422. Mm-hmm. I'm Max Scova. With me, Marty Sleva. Hi. Brian Altano. Brat, brat. And little Mr. Goldenflower. Little old Goldie. Have, Andrew Goldfarb. We have so much energy when we do the podcast early in the day. It's great. I it's, know. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, like... It's like three hours earlier. I don't even know. Yeah. Uh, this episode might have gone up a little bit late. We were all very tired from meeting so many of you guys at PlayStation Experience this last weekend. Uh, holy crap, that was really cool. If yes. you guys got a chance to attend... Yep. Uh, it was. I hope we got to meet you. I hope that was that was fun. Uh, if you didn't get to attend, hopefully you got some of the news that came out of that. Golden flower. What is our news? <laughs> why are you, why are you, I, what, you running shirts? around? No, I, Golden I, I beam. Golden rod. What's going on over there? I like that right? Max. <laughs> I'm having chair troubles. Gold fang. Right? Golden uh, thirteen. I, I like that Max calls me a different gold variety every it's week. Funky. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun time. <laughs> it's funky fun. <laughs> I, I think it was I a funk. Funk and Also, I don't think you know. Let's try to not swear because we just. It's so much easier. That it's. So Do you guys remember that movie Rookie of the Year in the trailer yeah. for that movie where he throw he throws his arm and the doctor goes funky butt love? <laughs> <laughs> Did he just say funky butt love? Yeah. Huh. Hey, Final Fantasy Seven remake. Uh, All right. Got out D three. I. You could have. I probably would have bet you money that we wouldn't see it for a year, and then very surprisingly got a, not Oops. only a new trailer but yeah. like gameplay, yeah. like mm-hmm. a real trailer, gameplay so, with and English voices, with yeah. showing off the combat system, showing off Midgar. That's a huge big thing. If they've got if they've got English voices, that mm-hmm. means that it's further along than we thought it was. So yeah. I mean, we're seeing gameplay already. But <laughs> the reason it's further along, and this is why I think it's a good thing, which we'll get to, um, is that it's a multi-part series now. Uh, obviously, by this point, like I've already talked about this, this isn't like new news anymore. But I do think it it kind of gives us insight into what they might be doing with it. And Marty and I put a conversation up earlier this week that exactly that. The reason I think this is a good thing is because we'll get it early. It means that like now we're going to play some part of this yep. probably next year, mm-hmm. as opposed to like in 2020 or whatever it would have been if they had actually like finished a full Final Fantasy VII remake as like, I'm one full game. Completely with you on this. Uh, I think that. Obviously, we're at a point where people get really mad if they feel like they're being kind of nickel and dimed with games. Sure. Um, I think it's totally worth pointing out that everything else is getting more expensive and gaming is getting increasingly cheap, which is mm-hmm. kind of crazy to think about. Like, you look at game catalogs from, you know, 15 years ago, and they're like, yeah, yeah. Conker's Bad Fur Day is $117. Yeah. Like, why? Yeah. And the cost of entry has been kind of standardly across the board 60 bucks. And I hate to take the side of companies right now, but, like... You move to a new generation of consoles and you're adding more bells and whistles to everything. Yep. It gets increasingly expensive and we've seen so many studios close and so many things, so many people get laid off and stuff. Yeah. If this is one of the ways they have to go about doing that, you know, like breaking something into like if the way they sell us an $80 game is by breaking it into four parts that are 20 bucks each, mm-hmm. I can I, I'm okay so, with that. Like that's the inter- so this <laughs> we is We don't know anything about pricing, yeah. you know. No, so well, or we, we kind of might. Yeah. Like that's what's interesting. So I mean So okay, yeah. so a lot of people when this first went up they're like, "Oh my god, it's going to be episodic." And people were thinking like Telltale. People were thinking, so, "I'm going to be this is going to be two hour episodes we're going to get them every month no. and a half." It's not going to be that. No. And then other people are like, "Well, I'm fine if it's four 50 50 hour episodes that are full price a piece." And I don't think we're going to get that either. No. I think this is going to be three or four 15 to 20 hour things. Yeah. Well, and for how much? What we keep for $60 each. For like, $60 each. I, I think, think it'll be like, so there are two interesting parts of it. Uh, one is the Final Fantasy 13 idea of right. you were getting a full game, 
and then Final Fantasy VII-2, and then Final Fantasy VII Lightning Returns. Uh, no, you're just getting uh, three kind of separate entries set in this universe that allow you to do different things. And they did a lot of interviews this week. Uh, Dengeki Online and Famitsu had interviews uh, with Nomura that w- went up right after this got announced. Did they say it's it's a trilogy? No, they, they have not announced the numbers, okay. but they did say each is a unique experience, and uh-huh. they talked about exploring parts of Midgar we've never seen. They talked about how big the world is, and so what, what Marty and I were talking about is that there's kind of two interesting sides to it. One is that this could mean the main game, what we know as Final Fantasy VII, is still all the first part of this, but then there's more to it in the second, third, or maybe you see it from several no, perspectives do, or something like I that. I don't think that's the thing. No. I think the first part is going to entirely take place in Midgar. In Midgar, yeah, and, and that's I why we've only seen, like, we've seen... We've seen the Barrett attacks on the reactor. Cloud, right? yeah. I think we are going to, in 2016, I think we are going to get a 15 to 20 hour Final Fantasy VII game that ends with you leaving Midgar. Yeah. Wow. I think that's totally right. Um, I think it would be really interesting, because, like, it's funny, I was just watching Zach's Final Fantasy in seven minutes that we put out this week. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff. Everyone that, like, should go watch yeah, that. Yeah, that by is the incredible. Way. It's really good. Yeah. Super well done. But like it kinda it, it's funny how much that game jumps back and forth without me thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Whereas you could kind of just make it three almost like we talked about with Beyond, how they did uh that new release lets you play it chronologically if mm-hmm. you want to, rather than letting things mm-hmm. jump back and forth. Oh, or I like, thought you meant the show. Yeah, yeah. kinda like how we uh Sometimes we, don't we do make chronological episodes. Chronological, yeah. yeah. Chronological. Uh, can I, that wasn't a word. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's interesting. They could do all kinds of stuff like that. The other big part of this that's cool is that uh, the Famitsu interview confirmed that uh, CyberConnect is working with Square on some element of this. Um, and they're the guys who made the Naruto game. They made, made Asura's uh, Wrath, Dot Hack. Yes, they've mm-hmm. done a whole bunch of stuff. And they say they're one of multiple developers. So a theory that we were talking about that I think is interesting is that maybe they're making this first part and other devs are making the second game and third game. That like could be fascinating. Maybe we'll see different takes on that this. That could also so, make so many people so mad. Yeah, yeah totally. I, I think people's apprehension about this entire business model is that, uh, and I'm totally with everything you said, Max, about how yeah, obviously we, we are, games are cheaper than ever in a lot of ways. Um, and I think that episodic is a way to go for a lot of storytelling. But Final Fantasy VII is a story that's already been told non-episodically. Yeah. It's sort of like when we found out there would be three Hobbit movies. And it's like, well, there's only one. Like, there's one short. It's it's a short book that you turned into three movies. Like, why did that happen? There's a way to tell that story in one film. And they didn't because they, they milked it or whatever. So I think people's apprehension on this one is that it's sort of like, wait a minute, you're going to make me pay a hundred and... $80 or whatever it is for three a three-part version of a game that's already in one part. So that I can kind of understand. But I think, like, to that, I would say, like, go play the old one. Like, or play any of the numerous remakes. The old one, which is currently on PS4 on now with trophy console, support. Yeah. 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 How much yeah. is it going for? I don't know, 15, 20, 10 or 15, yeah, 15 20 bucks. Okay. Um, and that's got the thing where you can you can skip fights, basically. Yeah, it's got, like, yeah. cheat codes, yeah. which, honestly, like, that sounds like a real wussy thing to say, but that is a grind of a game. Yeah. It's a lot of time. Any re-release of a game should be able to be like, hey, you can... In the same way you can fast forward a movie on Blu-ray yeah. when you, or jump yep. around, like you should be able to do that. Yeah, yeah I was I've, talking about that. Yeah. Was that last week? Week before? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've always wanted that sort of like yeah. you know DVD menu Chapter of like select bosses and yeah. like you know key moments, cool cutscenes, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like it's weird. Like when we were kids in the '80s, we would get uh, like video games would have like uh, stage selects mm-hmm. and like. Uh, yeah. Or a sa- password like, to go well, to yeah, a specific level. The password level. thing made yeah. that was how you got around save points and yeah. stuff. I think that's really smart. And I just kind of went away, you know. God, I remember when was it Golden Sun. Switched from and the way to transfer time. your save, <laughs> you had to put a like 300 character password yep. in to transfer all your stuff, and it was so complicated. Um, it's funny that we did that, that we were willing to do that. Oh, yeah, no, I remember Sorry, playing that's a tangent, but no, like, like games, really games like Metroid for the NES yeah, yeah, yeah. had you know 64 character uh, uh, codes, uh, passwords you had to type in, and it would be like 
you would be, you know, it would, you'd be seven years old and you'd be writing zeros and ones and O's for the first time ever. Shout out to Justin back, Bailey. Yeah, Justin yeah. Bailey, dash, dash, dash. Uh, so you would go back into the game and you'd be like, underscore, zero, zero, one, lowercase p, uppercase, and you was just like, you'd always screw it up. I just want some missiles. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and you'd, you'd screw it up, but. Yeah, yeah I, I think this could be, I mean, you're, that's a really interesting point that I hadn't heard anyone bring up yet. That is absolutely correct that. The Hunger Games and Harry Potter and The Hobbit and most of the people that have taken one cohesive story and split it up, mm-hmm. frankly, like not when I say Harry Potter, I just mean Deathly Hallows specifically. Right. They split in two parts. They should have been doing that since Cobble of Fire. We're getting I mean, really probably. off the beaten path yeah. here. Well, well, my point being that like most of the time that doesn't really work. Harry Potter is kind of the one time when it did, I think. Like I like those movies, whereas yeah. like, The Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 2 was like yeah, a mess. Yeah, but the thing, the thing that's the Hobbit much different, especially in an RPG is that, so say we get one of these games every year for three or four years, and that's, again, we don't know anything about that, but I like it's that. weird in an RPG, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna level my characters, I'm gonna have a level 21 cloud who's equipped with uh, this type of buster sword and this materia, right. and then a year later I'm gonna jump back in, am I gonna be like, what the hell, character? That's, that's the big like, thing, who right? did I like? Did I like playing yeah. as but Vincent? Did I like playing as saying, Sid? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying about the different perspective idea. Like, they haven't shown Tifa, they haven't shown so many other characters from Final Fantasy VII that I really think this first game is going to be Cloud and Barrett and you'll level up those characters and you can play as much as you want but it probably won't carry over to the next game like maybe there will be this new that's nuts mm-hmm. that's I nuts I, I mean like know. that's the whole point that's the whole point of an RPG is cust- is customization it's all, it all comes down to that and if you look at games like Telltale which are episodic and have customization in the dialogue tree department and the decision department um, those things kind of ebb and flow but honestly like I played through Walking Dead season 1 it was phenomenal I loved it something screwed up transferring my save file the Vita and when I started Walking Dead Season 2, it was just like, is it okay if we make some choices for you? And I'm like, yeah. And it didn't really matter. Like, some things did here and there. Like, some characters live, some characters don't. But, but that's with an RPG, it's like... story. Like, that's right. kind of what I'm saying. If it's, like, Final Fantasy 13 and 13 2 are the example I keep going back to. 13 starred Lightning and Snow and all these other characters. Right. And 13 2 starred Noel and Sarah, who are totally different characters that you leveled mm. up in a totally different way. And it was a separate thing where it didn't matter that your stuff in the first game didn't carry over because yeah. you're not following the same people. Yeah, I, I think it's possible to the way that Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VIII, nothing carries over. Like if these are, it's weird because they're we already fully know separate. This. This, like this board has been laid almost See, twenty years. Yeah, ago. yeah, yeah. That's yeah, the yeah. Word, and that's I think uh, Lucy was tweeting about that. It is weird to have to withhold parts of a story that we already know. I do totally agree with that. That is strange. But I just like I don't know. I'm. I think there are a thousand ways this could go wrong. Right. I think there are a few ways where it could go really well. And yeah. I think that's kind of the thing I'm waiting for. Where like I don't want to freak out until we have details. Yeah, I mean to, to focus yeah. on the positive from uh, from PSX uh, and and the Final Fantasy VII section in the keynote, which I think was a kind of long bloated keynote. We'll get into that, but this is definitely one of the highlights. It looks incredible. Yeah. The music's great. Uh, I got the, chills. Yeah, no, the, yeah, totally. yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's unbelievably I, gorgeous. I was never hardcore in a Final Fantasy. I, I like JRPGs in terms of they were they kind of came out into my life at the same time as, as anime did and yeah. it was like here's this foreign cool thing. There are also massive time sinks that involve a lot of grinding and they're kind of tedious in that sense. Uh, I liked Final Fantasy 7 as sort of just a as a concept. I never was hardcore into it as a game. My friend played it. I'd go over to his house and watch him and stuff. But I also remember scrambling in the living room whenever an ad for the game would show up on TV. Right. And I'd get like right up to the screen. I was like, what is this? This is beautiful. It's like one of the most awesomely rendered worlds. And yeah. the first time I ever actually tried drawing, I mean, I've, I've referred like not an anime character, but Japanese style, big eyes like that was Cloud. And yeah. I have this sketchbook somewhere and it's like, one page is like, yeah, it's Boba Fett and it's guys from Doom and Duke Nukem. And then you turn the page and there's Cloud and it's like, oh. 
there's the beginning of a fascination with an entirely different yeah. universe. I remember, yeah. I remember that EGM cover with Cloud on the co- is Cloud and Max like on a rock and he yeah. Yeah. Wow. Was Max's yeah. drawings. You were an electronic monthly gamer. But that's that's my thing about Final Fantasy VII. Like, frankly, I don't think Final Fantasy VII has anywhere close to the best story of any Final Fantasy game. But the characters are really iconic, and yeah. people do care. And it's the same reason that like these are the characters I wanted to see. Like, I, I love Final Fantasy VI, and I wish they were remaking that game. But like, it kind of is really cool seeing like Cloud and Barrett and these like super iconic characters like in beautiful 2015 HD. Yeah. And the same reason like that's why you would want Cloud and Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like that is the character you want because like that is the character, even though he doesn't have a Nintendo history. Like. For better or worse, he is the iconic Final Fantasy character now. Okay. He is the first person people think of. It also, and so, sorry. Well, I just think it's really interesting, like why Final Fantasy VII, of oh. all of them, is the one that has lasted. We were at a bar last night, and yep. the bartender oh, yeah, yeah. started making small talk and asked what I did, and I said we worked at a website called IGN. He's like, "Oh, I used to go there a bunch. Like, I used to be a big gamer." And he's like, "Man, Final Fantasy VII, my favorite game of all time." And so we started talking. And we're like, "Yeah, they literally just showed they're making a brand new Final Fantasy with all those characters." And yeah, like, when we were going to the next bar, I was like, "God, I should have shown him the trailer on my phone because it would have blown his mind." Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's um, so cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of. Italy. Branching dialogue, which is Ooh. what we're doing with our conversation right now. <laughs> Uncharted 4 has branching dialogue. Ooh, we didn't does. see that coming. I nope. want to give a quick shout out to Brian Haltano for a really funny Photoshop that is on his Twitter. That you I mean, I thought, I thought 9Gag made that. Yeah, that's oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Brian's always stealing his jokes from 9Gag. Yeah, really what I do is I, I try to go to content aggregators that steal things from other people, and I steal <laughs> things from them. Kind of like Robin, Robin Hood. Hood. It's yeah. Like, yeah, it's like revenge. No, I, I, yeah, I don't want to get into all that. I've done that enough um, shows, but yeah. Yeah, again, like nine the, gag. the branching dialogue. That's uh, fine. I don't care at this point. The branching dialogue, again, like I think by this point, a lot of people have obviously seen it and talked about it because that was at the beginning of the conference. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting because uh, they had a panel a few hours later uh, that talked a little bit more about story details, um, specifically about that new character, Nadine, that they introduced at the Game Awards. Yep. Um, who's just a really interesting... I don't think she's like the main bad guy of the game or anything, but she's definitely like an antagonist in a way that seems really interesting. Um, and her deal is that like she runs an army uh, that basically is just like people who get sent all over the world to like do bad stuff, and mm-hmm. I just really like that idea of like, there the scene they showed is like her kind of going toe to toe with Sully while uh, Nate and his brother are like in the basement doing some weird stuff, doing some weird brother running around, yeah. wrestling over the NES <laughs> controller, like, yeah, exactly, <laughs> kicking each other, <laughs> having rock fights, <laughs> brotherly stuff. You know how it goes, exactly. But yeah, I, I like that. I don't know. Like I, I think. Um, I like new interesting characters. I love Laura Bailey as a as an actress, and I think like new interesting characters is exactly what Uncharted <laughs> needs, and exactly yeah. why it is always exciting. Yeah. it's like I don't think we need to see the same. Like I hope Elena's back in some capacity. I guess we saw her oh, yeah, in the she three thing. Yeah. yeah, but it's like I don't think we need every side character from every game ever to yeah. make an appearance. Like I want to focus. And on we new were people. we were also like leading into this. We're like we know they have to show something Uncharted, but like are they going to show another single player demo or right. are they going to withhold it? Yeah, and I think good job with that. Yeah. I think yeah. this was really smart because the scene was really good. It was when mm-hmm. you know when when Troy. Sam and, and Nate meet for the first time in a long time and they're catching up in that moment when they're on the bench and he's like what have you been up to and then the plot of the three games pretty much comes up and yeah. it's like which one do you want to talk about yeah I think that's really cool that yeah, was so cool idea. smart and so subtle yeah, I really like cool idea what they seem to be doing with 4 based on what we've seen in that and at E3 is it is still a linear game it's still the same as every Uncharted game but they're giving you this like sense of openness in a really mm-hmm. smart way so like that car sequence like I'm sure it's not like really open world or yeah. anything but it feels so big yeah. I mean and, if that's, and it's if wiggle that's, room right if that's a quick time event where you're picking three options and one of them maybe it's 
If you don't pick it fast enough, you go the hard way or something. Yeah, yeah. Or if, like, into a if, watermelon truck. Like this is, could be the first Uncharted game that you're going to finish, and you're going to want to go back and replay it in order mm-hmm. to yeah. see things you miss instead yeah. of just going back to like get a trophy yeah. or to like play cool scenes again. Like it'd be cool if you're like, man, I missed a total entire chunk of that set piece, and I want to go back and see it. Which and is really smart. Guys, I think that branching dialogue not affecting plot, just being three interesting things that you can hear differently, is cool. But mm-hmm. I do wonder if like, will this game have multiple endings? Like, how serious does it get? Do you think it can yeah. affect the outcome? There's a sort of buyer's remorse mm-hmm. that comes with decision trays like that. Yeah. Um, I yeah. sort of am exhausted even thinking about Bioware games in that sense because like you can do you could push a certain button and characters don't even show up for the entirety of three games or get killed off or whatever. Uh, The Witcher did an interesting thing where basically halfway through that game, they're like, who do you want to hang out with? The elf or the other guy? And you're like, well, and whatever you pick, it totally changes the second half of the, like half of that game. It's like a Y-shaped skill, like, or, you know, tree. And like, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if I, like Uncharted's great, but like, like replay value, yeah. Like, is it is it going to be drastic enough? Is it going to be like, where do you want to go? The Everglades or the pyramids? I mean, you know, like, like, literally, what if it is like there is a certain point where it branches and you're going to miss an entire yeah. mission? Yeah, and, and, and then you're going to get like, back and like, do you want to go with Sully or Elena? And it's like that the entire rest of the game changes from that yeah. point mm-hmm. forward. Yeah, that's interesting. That's yeah, yeah. It's fascinating. I personally would love that. Yeah. Like, I I want more of that. Yeah. Um, but I do agree with that sense of like, there's so many games and it's so hard finding time as it is that it's like. To do that, to earn that, to make me want to come back and spend another 20 hours of this game, like both of those options have to be equally fulfilling in different ways. Yeah, which, which what I think n- not that many games do. I, I agree. If anyone's going to do it, it's going to be them. It would be them. I've I always, totally agree. I've yeah. always said the Uncharted games are, are kind of like a really good hamburger. Like, you know what a hamburger is. It's it's not a foreign concept. It's familiar. They're action movies. You know, they've got yeah. this kind of Hollywood thing, but they're really, really good hamburgers. And you yeah. you have like a good burger. You're like, holy crap, that was an amazing burger. Your friend's not going to go, so what's a burger? You know, like they yeah. know what that yeah. is. Uh, that said, you know, you have three hamburgers. You're like, okay, what next? Uh, I've got this brand new plate that I want to eat new burgers off of. Maybe yep. I want to try a different food. And they're like, okay, check it out. It's a hamburger, but the bun is made out of hot dogs. It reminds <laughs> me of, uh, I don't wow. know. They're like, they're mixing it up. This is enough yep. of a new element that I'm like excited again. I was a little bit wary that like, sure, it's going to be gorgeous and it's going to play great. But like, is it going to bring anything new to the table? Yeah. I mean, I honestly, the I'm made still, of I'm still a little worried oh, gross. about that. I'm still a little bit worried about that. Like, I'm really glad that they're evoking this thing that almost every other video game has been doing for 15 years now. Uh, it's new for them, but for every other game, it's it's kind of old hat at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm interested in it. I, I agree with you guys that like, if it does open up some wiggle room in terms of narrative and seeing sections that other people didn't see, it was one of my favorite things about like playing Heavy Rain. Uh, was coming into work the next day and having conversations with people at IGN who were just sort of like, what'd you do in this scene? Oh, the criminal got away? Oh, well, man, I what yelled happened? I Jason a whole bunch, and then, well, yeah. well, in my game, I yelled Jason a whole yeah. bunch. Yeah, everybody did that. I talked about origami. <laughs> yeah, but I like I like the idea of like people seeing se- uh, sections that other people didn't see. You yeah, know? Um, I, I totally agree. I think it's funny your point uh, about like like other games have done this before is really funny because like you know when there used to be reveals in press conferences it's like yep. they pull back and it's like that's actually gameplay or whatever it is I like how the two big Uncharted reveals have been like you're driving a car and it's like there are dialogue <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah. we've seen those a million times and yet we were still like oh my god it's so exciting like, it's just like well it reminds thing. me I think it was E3 2000 and god was it 6 or what was the one where, with the uh, giant enemy crab thing that would have been 5 2005 yeah. Yeah. wow uh, but they were just like our game Genji 2 has real-time weapon uh, shifting or whatever, and it's like, oh, you can switch weapons? Yeah. 
Yeah, every game can do that. <laughs> yeah. like, and the Mario sense, could do that. And they say, uh, historical accuracy is the giant crap. John Henry Kravitz. What, what, um, what was the trailer during PSX? It was like, quests. It was just like a list combat. of like... Combat. Yeah, yeah, combat uh, quests. It was just like six things. I, so I think that... It's great when Japanese games are localized. I think their trailers should be localized too. Yeah. And when they just have like a wall of text in the middle of it, and it's like immersive combat experience. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, what? Don't just don't up do that. to seven players at once. And you're like, what? Huh? New content coming soon. <laughs> Hard action game. And it's always like with a serif font, which is sort of yeah. just like yeah. just right in the middle. We oh, we saw a Nino Kuni trailer. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. I'm pretty okay. pumped about. Um, yeah. Gorgeous game. I remember playing uh, the first Nino Kuni and just looking at it and being like, this looks just absolutely incredible. And you look a little bit close and you're like, I can't wait to see what this looks like on the um, next thing. Yeah, and I, yeah, I totally agree with that. And that's like, there were so many moments where it's almost like a, I kind of had that from uh, Zelda Skyward Sword and Bioshock Infinite are the only other games, the other Nino Kuni that gave me that, where like, all I want to do is stare at this world, but not too closely because it's like, it. it yeah isn't quite like as gorgeous it's as it could there. be just and so think, close like if, if Nino Kuni 2 really is like being inside of a Ghibli movie that's so awesome yeah that just makes me want a Nashka game more than like anything yeah. that'd be incredible is that a, uh, like a Jewish pastry uh, Nashka is when it's a it's a, va- a real windy it's valley a, yeah when you get seasick that's what it's called yeah. <laughs> feeling Nashkas um, so hey, speaking yeah. of new content coming yeah speaking of new content uh, Witcher 3's first is it wait their first expansion is Blood and Wine no, so I, I, it's not. I said newest. I oh, first newest. Okay, yeah, yeah. They had a. Yeah. They had a Hearts of Stone. Was that it? Yeah. I oh, Hearthstone. I, cool I would finish that friggin' game. These like, all sound like Drake album titles. <laughs> like I'm, I'm so I'm so happy that that game has so much crap coming to it because yep. I still yep. haven't like I. Like last thing I did was I was helping a woman like knock over statues or something. She's like, "There's heretics abound," and then there were I had to fight a bunch of drunk boys by a haystack, and I yep. was just like, "I'm supposed to be hunting heavy metal aliens or something?" Like I don't know what I'm doing. I was finding my girlfriend or daughter or whoever. Like I got a horse. Wow. Like I, really, I, I want Max's close reading of like, the story of that game. That game I still can't even see the bottom, and they're like, "Guess what? There's new stuff," and it's like. God, that game is so pretty. It's yeah, I'm so, excited to start it. I'm it's start so over pretty. Yeah. Like I'm really big into like uh, like European landscape paintings, like and like like romanticism and and uh, just exoticism. And it, that game, the palette is so incredible. Like, yeah. You look at that, and it's just like if that game had no combat or no dialogue or anything, and it was just about walking around in that world, mm-hmm. it would still be a like a goddamn feat. It's yeah, it's the screenshots from from this from Blood and Wine are like like I think you said earlier they look like a painting. Like it's I said, like it looks it looks like walking around like the Thomas Kincaid pop up corner yeah. at the mall. Yeah, you know? like did it's we, just like beautiful landscape paintings. Did we ever talk about like when I um I was doing a, a a live stream of that when it first came out and the devs I was hanging out with were telling me that like the guys whose job it was I think I think I heard this they were they were supposed to be in charge of doing Sky and they're on a schedule you know they they got to make a whole friggin' game. And they were like, okay, the sky's good. Leave it. And they were like, yeah, okay, we're good with the sky. And they'd, like, stay late at work and work on more clouds. Yeah. They would, like, break the rules to make the sky prettier. That's yeah. so cool. And I love it. It's just, it I, clearly it paid off. It's just That's you can't just You That's can't awesome. just say, like, the de- developers are lazy. I hear that all the time. That's developers the are lazy. Thing. I've literally never met. You will get fired if you're lazy. I've yeah, never met a game developer who is lazy. They, were, they work harder than almost anyone I've ever met. That are awful. Yep. Plenty of games that are terribly mismanaged, but no one is lazy. Yeah, and that yeah. It, it is generally time management problems that do yeah, that. Or, like, I think it's that exactly it's that to have a publisher attached to your game they give you milestones and things have to be done yep. by a certain time and mm-hmm. 
depending on the publisher, depending on the flexibility and the budget, like, yeah, they're probably going to be like, well, it's not done. Move on anyway. Mm-hmm. And so yep. I think it's sad, but I, yeah, I think lazy is What's that, rarely the case. What's that Carl Sagan quote we have? On, if you want to make an apple pie from scratch, you must first create the universe. Mm-hmm. Totally applies to game design. Yep. It's I have like, if you don't want to, never seen that before. That's been on the back uh, of the door. I've been doing podcasts in this room for yep. three years. Yep. yep, I think it's always been there. I don't know. I've only been here for that's one who, year. That's Carl Sagan. He looks a lot like Sam Neill from Sagan. Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what, anyway. did you guys, what did you guys think of like the, the PSX keynote in general? Because to me, it, it didn't feel necessary. So I had a theory about this that I've talked about a little bit where, yeah, it lost its momentum really early. It started yep. so strong with Uncharted and Final Uncharted Fantasy. Fantasy. Yep. It should have uh, been flipped on its ass. So the thing is, earlier in that week, uh, trailer for Dark Cloud uh, on PS4 leaked out, and it had all the details backwards compatibility. Right. And then the next day, a bunch of uh, trademark applications are leaked out also, and they had the titles of more. And basically, Shuhei ended up putting up a blog post on the PlayStation blog the day before PSX that was like, hey, here are all the details, here are all the games coming. Right. That was going to be My part of the conference. My theory is that, yeah, that would probably have been in the middle of the conference if it hadn't leaked, which is why it felt a little empty yeah. and, and why there and was And knowing no, how like, huge pacing. of a pop the 360 backwards compatibility got during the E3 press conference, this yeah. would have been huge. Also, shout out to me for calling Mark of the Korea as one of the games. Good work. Yeah, Good job, work, you. Marty of the I just, Korea. I didn't feel... I, I, I felt like the the... Keynote didn't need to be two hours. It could have been half, no, half the time. And even like the actual games they were showing were interesting. Like I'm very excited for Ratchet and Clank, but the demo was really long, and it was just like yeah. not. It felt like yeah. endless, and so much of that conference felt like that. Like even the Res trailer was really cool, but it was so long. Yeah, it went on very it long. Just, Same with the 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 VR, the Tron VR mm-hmm. stuff went yeah. on really long. Um, they brought um, out Max and I were kind of bummed out because they brought out Battlefront, and we were like, hell yeah, we're sitting there, fingers crossed, we're gonna find out about new heroes and planets, locations, yeah. maps. Nope. They were just like Nothing. they were like, oh well, here's some YouTube clips of us uh, doing real good selling this game real hard. Here's to a the lot thing of you boys. knew you were getting uh, a year ago or whatever. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that was really weird. I mean, it's, yeah, with stuff like this, I always I think the big question just for everything should be who is this for? Yeah, and PSX yeah. is a fan event for fans of PlayStation. The event itself, I thought was was pretty cool. I thought it was really well done. Oh, yeah. totally it totally felt yeah. like a small yeah. PAX, but the thing with PAX is you walk in the door and you're like, you see the coolest game you've ever seen in your entire life, and you're like. What's it for? And they're like, Ouya and Linux. And you're yep. like, all right, fine, great. You know, yeah. like, Jessica, in this case, if you have a PS4, you walk in. You're like, there you go. Jessica Bowen says, do you guys think that the high expectations for PSX was that was what made a lot of people think it was mediocre or bad? Much like how Fallout 4 was with some people, Grin Emoticon. Me, more like Grim Emoticon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What do you think? I mean, do do we set expectations too high for these things? Like, well, this is I, kind I of an end fair, of the year show, you know. We absolutely do, but also this is like Sony's what, like sixth or seventh press conference this year. Yeah. Like, there, there's so many more now. That wasn't a press conference. Well, like, that's that was, true. It was that's, a yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sure. This was this should have been like a Nintendo Direct. Like this is yeah. they are kind of going for that. They yeah. were doing basically a live Nintendo Direct. Yep. Yep. They, yep. It was a room full of fans who who care. Then and you make I think it it's thirty minutes long. It's that's, that's so close to being there. Yeah, yeah. that's but a good yeah. way of putting it. Like to let EA come on stage and be like, Battlefront selling real well, and we're happy to have fan support. Clap, 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 yep. and it's like. Who's this for? Like, who's that for? Yeah. Who yeah. are you telling that to? You don't. Do you have investors in the crowd? Like, no. I mean, that, t- telling an entire room like, full of people that they think December is going to be a big month for Star Wars is pretty much a waste of everybody's time. Yeah, yeah it's really. I think we for, know that. Yeah, like, thanks for reminding us that we have a game at home that we'd like to go play. Yeah, exactly. Like, maybe show us some new stuff or whatever. Yeah, we know? were in the office watching that, and I was like, guys, I just want to announce that December is going to be a big month for Christmas. 
Well, that was it's the weird thing. Great Christmas month. It was so weird that she was like, she brought up the Force Awakens, and we were like, okay, here we go. They're yeah. nice Finn and Rey's here. Yeah. And then they just didn't. And, and didn't like, do anything I, with that. Why, I'm, I'm, like, I'm kind of bummed out about like, it. Like that's that would be like wearing a Crash Bandicoot shirt and then not announcing a Crash Bandicoot game. Yeah. If only oh, yeah. that. Uh, I'm um, glad that didn't happen at all during that same exact conference. I do want to. So yeah, I, I agree about the keynote. I do want to agree with Max though, and, and really call out how good the event itself was. Yeah. I think yeah. Uh, like as a fan event, it was just awesome and really smart and. Um, they did a lot of cool stuff, like the collectible trading card stuff was yep. really, really cool, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it kind of makes you feel like a sense of reward. Um, also, shout out to Danny Juarez for giving me a bunch of those cards. Hell yeah. Because um, a lot of people collected them, and then I just, just didn't want them. It was um, almost impossible to get to get all of them, right? I think it might have literally been impossible to get wow. all of them. Unless you were mm-hmm. a lot of peers. <laughs> Unless, well, but it's because they gave her a full deck. Like yeah. That's the thing. Like I think, like yeah, it was awesome that we were able to do that video, uh, but I think like for people collecting them on their own, getting both versions of every card feels like it might right. have literally been impossible. But there was something special about the uh, execution of that, of, of all of that, even if you couldn't get all of them. But I saw a lot of people walking around uh, playing games they probably wouldn't have played to get a card. Now, some booths, they would just hand you one. Other booths, you'd have to kind of ask a little bit. The game I went up, games. I went up to yeah. the Battlefront one, and they were like, would you like to play Star Wars Battlefront? And I was like, I've played it for 32 hours at home. Can I have a card? And she was like, yes, here, take a bunch. <laughs> take all the cards. Yeah, which was really cool. But, I mean, I saw people trading with each other, and, like, the idea of getting everybody kind of at the dance to, to, mm-hmm. to mingle no, was, it's so was cool. very smart. It's so cool. Like, um, and it just really, yeah, it was just, it was awesome to see, you know, like, obviously, I, I grew up a big Nintendo guy. Uh, PlayStation came into my life later just because of the way I'm aged. Yeah. Uh, but like wine. Like wine. Uh, like like, a, like wine. an old hot barrel of wine. <laughs> <laughs> like a bathtub full I of gin. I sleep in an oak barrel every night. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I, I've, I've been saying for a long time Nintendo's always been really good at that sort of nostalgia of bringing, bringing that kind of uh, old school gamers together to talk about uh, how they feel – growing up with Mario and Zelda and stuff like that. And Sony's been absolutely able to nail that, too. They've capitalized that so well. Uh, walking around, it's like seeing all their iconic characters in, in big costumes. They had this huge merchandise store selling all kinds of stuff. There was just, like, geeked-out Sony stuff everywhere. Like, even, like, there were little walls that had, you know, the the whole cross-pad design all over it and stuff like that. It's just really cool. It was just an awesome place to be. Yeah. It was yeah. very spacious uh, and spread out. It was incredible. Like, that was the thing. Like I think to some people, they walked in, they were like, oh, it's so empty. But it wasn't empty. It was yeah. just they actually gave you room to walk, which no packs or anything yep, ever does. I really, really like the specialized convention. Like My favorite convention I've been to so far is Star Wars Celebration, mm-hmm. hands down. That's partially because I love Star Wars, but partially because it's just Star Wars. It's like focused. You go there, and you know what it is, and yeah. everybody there is excited about the same thing, and there's this yep. kind of... Everybody is on the same wavelength, and your your energy is all positive, and Aww. you're on the same you're on the same page. You know that's that makes kind of you want to go to like a spelunkon or something. Yeah, like but that's the thing is you can you can a find more spelunkon uh, or persona con. Comic con yeah. sort of sucks because it's everything. Yeah, VidCon is overwhelming. Yeah, VidCon is my least favorite convention I've ever been to because it is a convention based around the world's largest search engine, YouTube. Yeah, like it's like if you had, hey, we're having screen convention. You're like, what do you watch on a screen? <laughs> I like charts. I like sports. <laughs> I like gardening shows. Like, there's no common interest there. It's completely yeah. disparate. A PlayStation convention is awesome. Yeah. Why isn't there a Nintendo convention? Why isn't no there an Xbox convention? Uh, yeah. I have a feeling. Those will probably happen within the next few years because yeah. it, it, it 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 I mean this is a this is a great show. I'm totally with you. That's that's what I loved about Star Wars Celebration, right? It's hyper focused, and you get to Comic Con and it's like I'm standing in line for uh you know for Star Wars and someone's next to me is in line for Twilight. And then there's all this other stuff in there that doesn't make any sense at all. Like there's like a mad magazine booth and like just, just like <laughs> yeah. stuff I just mean, gets thrown. Anything that's yeah. even like vaguely nerdy. And then you have all these like 
TV networks and stuff like that that are like, we're doing a show that has a 1% sci-fi element to it. What was the hotel at PAX? Uh, it was like the Residence oh, Inn or whatever it was. Yeah, it was yeah. the Hilton Garden Inn or something had like a booth. Yeah. And they like made this like E3 style booth made to look like the cafe at whatever hotel it was. Oh, yeah. yeah. I did a, I interviewed yeah. Taron Killam there. Yeah. 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 Just, Again. Like, it was at Courtyard by Marriott or something. It was, and it was like, like, what? It was not like it wasn't gamer centric. It wasn't cool yeah. it was like it didn't look like a castle or yeah. a space just, bar yeah, yeah it, it makes just, no that sense was at all so bizarre to me yeah and, and, and this like, in this situation was just like you're walking around psx and i do we met first of all i just want to say a tremendous thank you to everybody who came yeah. up to us oh and my said God. hello yeah. uh it's it's definitely like weird and fun and awesome and overwhelming for us like we uh we're, people were making fun of us because we, we we would go it was like 20 feet we, we couldn't walk 20 feet without stopping to talk to one person, then yeah. talking to talk to 10 people, and then introducing those people to other people, and then mm-hmm. just yep. creating this big circle of this great community thing. Uh-huh. And it's just so cool to see that because it's like, you know, I, I it's an honor that we get to do what we do, and getting to be there is, is so much fun. Yeah. But I, I love I love how it brought people together, and what I really enjoyed the most was I talked to a lot of people who this was their first convention, convention. period. Mm-hmm. And I, I think this really is like, cool. yeah, this is like awesome – if you ever want to be one of those guys that travels to conventions as much as we do, start with something like this. Start yes. with something mm-hmm. small and hyper-focused and fun because you can get in there. You'll get the lay of the land. Like I was talking to people from the Midwest who had just come to San Francisco for the first time, walking into this convention for the first time, and they're like, this is really overwhelming. And I'm yep. like, oh, this? Oh, this is nothing. Wait till you yeah. see Comic-Con. And, or but like, Gamescom. In, or Gamescom. <laughs> but like, starting with this, I can see walking in and being like, man, this is pretty overwhelming. But you know, after a few of these things, you get you get, you kind of – Kind of get numb to it. You get never yeah. totally used to it. It was but. really smart having it on two floors too. That's yeah. so nice. It was nice. Like it just filled it up really. Like I would. I really want to know the numbers uh, of how many people attended. Yeah, it's hard, I'm hard to tell because it was spaced out well. Yeah, exactly. Like, so I, I wonder how this does compare to a PAX. Or so we got those cool swag bags. Uh, mm-hmm. They had they had hats in them and posters and shirts and stuff like that, and everyone loved and them. Hand sanitizer. Everyone except which was the best. Everyone yes. should give out hand sanitizer totally everywhere. Agree. Totally agree. Except for the, wait, did you see the Destructoid post? No. Uh, PSA: uh, the, the clear liquid in a bottle is not uh, mint breath spray. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> apparently. Oh, I did see that. So apparently, uh, somebody. Saw somebody destructoid saw somebody else spray that in their mouths and, and then almost throw up. So, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> actually, I did the I did the same I did almost the same thing last year when I took hand sanitizer to a convention that was actually uh, sunscreen. So I went to go shake somebody's hand and I sprayed sunscreen all over my hands and it had just hot white cream all over my hands. Over. <laughs> Hi, Brian. Nice to meet you. Hi, I'm, I'm the a big sexiest dirty... man ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big dirty sex boy. Yeah. Uh, so everyone enjoyed the cool swag they gave out. Everyone except for Debbie Yeah, who says, hello, I wanted to write in and specs that I feel alienated to PSX 2015. And I'm wondering if other girl gamers felt the same way. I was beyond excited for PSX this year. When I checked in to pick up my badge, I ravaged through my goodie bag and admired my official PlayStation hand sanitizer or mouthwash. What a great idea. As I kept digging, I saw the t-shirt trying to remember if my badge registration asked for my shirt size my heart sank as i unfolded the parachute of a t-shirt in size xl as a petite girl wearing weighing in at just around 100 pounds this shirt goes down to my knees it would never look like it actually belongs to me then there was the non-adjustable badge lander that dangled down past my waist awkward photo attached you can't actually see this this is a radio show but just imagine uh, imagine a picture imagine a picture of a hundred pound woman wearing a giant uh t-shirt and a badge that goes down to her feet yeah. last year shirts were offered in various sizes and while they ran out of excess extra small and small almost immediately i ended up with an m it was a really nice gesture it seems this year they decided to go with the all one size fits all approach but i fear this is going to discourage girls from attending these types of events i just want a shirt that fits thanks for listening would love to hear your guys thoughts you guys are great Debbie, yeah, it's, Debbie it's that general idea of conventions in general it's, it's like how the problem for a long time was like there would just be uh, 
girl in a bikini on the front of a bunch of games or boots or a poster because yeah. they're trying to appeal only to dudes. And it's like that weird thing of like a lot of people of a lot of sizes and a lot of sexual orientations and all kinds of things play games. And it's just weird to generally assume, hey, a bunch of people who need an XL are going to come to our show. Let's just give that out. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I do agree with that. It's also could have been as simple as like badge registration had bunch of shirts there and as you come you grab the size you need or whatever or she yeah she has said like you know she thought oh maybe i i feel that when i registered i fill that my t-shirt size that's one of those things like yep. it's just an extra line in the in the box and you don't really think about it and yeah. i think yeah. that would have totally helped i think uh it is really interesting um and yeah i mean like i wear small shirts i'm a short mm-hmm. tiny dude and it's like i in the same way like i always get xl shirts but i mean it's just that yeah. interesting thing of like it is probably more work for them to do that obviously and it would be really complicated if every swag bag had a name on it rather than them just grabbing from a pile and handing it out. Like well, that so, I mean, last days would just have five A small piles. pile, a medium yeah. pile. Yeah, so, exactly. so Max and I uh, sell, sell shirts through Comedy Button and stuff like that. And for the longest time, we only had like a, you know, adult male big boy sizes. And we would get like a couple of emails a year being like, hey, can we get smaller sizes? And we had to twist some arms to make it happen. And the reality is that the numbers aren't great on the returns on those things. You actually, like, you end up losing a little bit of money. But, like, if you can satisfy those few people a year, it's worth it. It doesn't matter. They turn like, into walking yeah. billboards. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they become your brand enthusiasts. Yeah. No, I think no, it's, like, it's totally it's like, cool, right? Yeah, like, why alienate anyone ever? Exactly. It's not worth it. Like, mm-hmm. if, if you can do a little bit of, of work and put a little bit of elbow grease in to make sure that somebody can get a shirt that they want, then... Yep. And, yeah. um, and I mean, it. these conventions, they have gotten better. They've gotten yeah. better in my time in the industry, and they've mm-hmm. definitely gotten better since before yeah. my time in the industry. Yeah. But, yeah, there is absolutely still. I mean, do you remember, like, when was the last time you guys remember even seeing, like, one of those, like, a booth babe, like, scantily clad? TwitchCon had, like, the girl trunk cleavage bending over and the blue microphones poster. Right, but they're, they're new. They're figuring shit out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, it's, it's getting better, but, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I think it happened. Congratulations. For Christmas, everybody, you get a nice cuss. <laughs> You got an uh, F and an S. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, yeah, no, it's funny. Jen is uh, my fiance is is a little tiny, little tiny lady, and mm-hmm. she gets all sorts of video game shirts because I bring them home in bags from my work. Um, but like, frequently they are big sizes, and I'll you know I'll sleep in them or whatever. But she'll like she'll wind up with a shirt that she's like, "This is soft. I want to wear it." Uh, she loves Hotline Miami. Uh, there was a really badass Hotline Miami shirt they were giving away at I don't know E three or PAX or something that had all the, all the masks on it, and it was yeah. just like like it's rare that a shirt comes along that I'm just like. That's a promotional item, but that is like a really cool shirt. And yeah. I, I got her one. I got her like a large or something, and she turned it into this this cool dress. Like she wound up like cutting this cutting the sides off all weird and like and sewing it up or whatever. Just you know, close modifications. And uh, she <laughs> she went to the booth at, at uh, the Indie Mega booth at PAX, and the guys were sitting there, and they're like. We like what you've done with your shirt. It's some excellent modifications. And she was just like, <laughs> like fangirled away, just like scampered off. That's awesome. But like that's one idea. There's there's lots of cool. If you are a little tiny lady and you come across a really cool giant big man boy shirt, uh, there's some cool things you can do to turn it into a, a party tank top or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean that that's that's a good solution. I think also getting. Women's house. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, there was a there's a couple uh, there were a couple of women who were used to work at IGN. One of them was Christine Kane, where she would actually get these like four XL shirts. He's get at these things and then modify them into like mm-hmm. something Squirrel that suits. Yeah, something that actually fits, you know, yeah. an adult human woman. Emergency tarps. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I think you're right. Like things are getting better. These the industry's getting less yeah. sexist, but there's still that always just like that kind of there. It's still kind of an after. Yeah. On yeah, that people note, default to I'm sure XL will be. Doing I think them. that. Uh, I would love to have. I would love it if they just if they did like a survey of like swag bag stuff because this is obviously this is for fans, you know. Yeah. Like we're fans. Uh, they had a poster in there that I thought was like 
really kind of boring. It was like the posters they were using internally to promote PSX, and mm-hmm. it was like cool. It had you know your Which favorite so characters on it, but like in the merch room, they had these gorgeous San Francisco theme posters. It was like a shot of Nathan Drake with the Golden Gate Bridge. And yeah, like, those were really awesome. Cool there was like, like travel to sell those. Yeah, travel posters. And like I totally like, yeah. understand selling those, but just like. There are better things you can do if you're gonna like why give away a poster at all if it's just like the most yeah. generic one possible. But no, like I mean, get you know, yeah. get somebody like Panda Musk or something to draw like a gorgeous painting of like Crash Bandicoot and Nathan Drake kissing or whatever. Yeah, you know, something yeah. that would appeal to I'm hardcore. Fans. Those boys kiss. Uh, it's actually not. It's not bad because uh, the Bandicoot is an animal, so it's like if he was a pet of the, what if, the what murderer. If, what if Nate gets Bandicooties? Oof. Hey guys, so we got this Christmas card. We got a Christmas card. We got a Christmas card. How do you know it's a Christmas card and not like a? I don't know the guy. Uh, so this card. Came through Destiny can, can I read everything on here? Well, I just wrote his PSN name. Okay, this is from note. Fran Adam. No, from Adam Wells, not Fran Adam Wells. <laughs> from Adam Wells, PSN ID Brack 04. Yep, and uh, it says Podcast Beyond. I'm gonna open it up. We're gonna do the official. He gave unveiling. this to Destin to PSX and then pass it along to me. Oh really? Yep. Is there any white powder in there? Uh. It says, Merry Christmas from the Wells PlayStation family plus one Xbox. And there's a picture of a man wearing a Merry Christmas uh, shirt that has Big Bird on it. <laughs> and he's holding a white PS4, a PS3 Slim model, and a PS Vita. And on the floor is a white Xbox. It says, Happy Holidays. Wow, there's a whole book in here. <laughs> it has been another great year in the Wells PlayStation household. This summer, we adopted an orphaned Xbox One that I found Aww. on the side of the road Aww. and have taken <laughs> into our loving home. Oh, those little scamps. PlayStation 4 and Xbox One don't get along very well and seem to argue about exclusives pertaining to time and their popularity among people in the neighborhood. Despite that, we love the Xbox One as if it was one of her own. PS4 has been complaining about a phantom pain, though he has no missing limbs, and keeps going on and on about an imaginary king who has taken something. PlayStation Vita has taken an interest in digging with shovels with a neighborhood friend who claims to be a knight. PlayStation 3 still kind of does his own thing, but we bond over a workout program he found for us to do together, which has been a beneficial for both of us. 2015 was a very eventful and positive year in the Wells PlayStation household, but we must put it behind us and bring on the horizon in 2016. This was great. That was really, that was really good. good. Yeah, that was man, really there were so many puns and little jabs. And, Hold on. Let me see oh, this. Oh, God, this is gorgeous. Thank you so much, man. This is so cute. Yeah, I love can, that. Can you run up and show Thank you, the Adam camera? Wells. Show that the camera. Get, yeah. up, get up in there. Get up, get up, get up, get up. You're real good. What are we doing? Who are we doing? Thank yeah. you so much for your uh, for your Christmas card, Adam Wells. I love that. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's really adorable. Um, I do want to say he has all these systems getting get long get on a cover, but the Xbox One's on the floor. It's like Harry Potter where he lives under the staircase. I mean, I'm not trying to, you know. No, it's it's a heavy it's a heavy box. It's a big dog of a system there. Real big box. Uh, okay. Stop! No. What are you doing, <laughs> Andrew? Carpet. Look, this is what happens. The leg of my chair gets stuck in this carpet, and I push it forward. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> I'm answering your question. Okay. Um, Brad Fire. Let's, can we talk Far Cry real quick? Yeah, let's talk Far I Cry. Talk Far Wait, Cry let's you. just talk about our, our single favorite thing of the show. Okay. Uh, oh, just Far Cry. Oh, favorite, really <laughs> favorite game or favorite thing? You're favorite single. Game. I don't know. Favorite. Yes, I am single. Thanks for rubbing it in, you awful man. Just terrible, real sad boy. Go. I don't, I'm married. I'm happy. Max, Max is engaged to a wonderful woman. Things are going. How are you? I'm single. Why don't you guys make out? <laughs> we have. Have <laughs> you? Yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah, Marty, I kissed a pack. There's a good picture of it. You've that seen was that a, picture. All right. You guys were there. Was that the snake part? Yeah. Was that the? Who's that? Was that? It was the snakes. That was a weird. That was a weird uh, party. Anything. Anyway, my favorite thing at, at uh, <laughs> my favorite thing at PSX was probably the people. Like just. Talking to people, meeting people, getting yelled "brap" and "beyond" everywhere we went, like yeah. having people yeah. run up to us it and was, tell us they listen yeah. to the shows. Favorite, yeah, like, okay. What's your favorite thing? Then favorite game. That was my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. My favorite game was uh, Far Cry Primal, hands down. How come? 
We'll get into it. We'll do a little. No, we'll do, do a run. Get into it. Okay. So Far Cry Primal. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to talk about Far Cry Primal the whole show. I just I feel we, bad. Uh, Max and I got to play it. Uh, we I think everyone has been a little apprehensive about this game for obvious reasons. It's kind of stripping away a lot of things that people love and expect from Far Cry, like vehicles and uh-huh. helicopters, machine guns, grenades. All of that stuff is gone, right? right? I mean, you might be able to get explosives of some kind like they'll probably get to throw bees at somebody or like oh God, blowing up so. turds or whatever oh, <laughs> but this game is uh it's caveman far cry and it's really weird because it's not it's not about liberating outposts it's not about uh you know coming in on a helicopter and and stealth killing a tiger it's none of that stuff so we were re- really worried as like how this would all work but it it feels like they found a cool sort of alternative for everything in the game, right? And I've been saying this for a long time. I keep pissing off Max when I say this, but owls in this game are the new helicopters. <laughs> they're not helicopters. Yes, they are. They're not. They're, hel- they're, they're, they're helicopters. Not. At no point in Far Cry 4 did you just push a button and transform into a helicopter mid-flight. <laughs> you did not crash a helicopter okay, so, into so, somebody and then turn back into regular self. So like, they're kind of like drones, and I, I just want to run through what my experience was with this game. Uh, I start out, I, all I have so far is is a spear. And I can either throw it or I could just run up and jab it into somebody. And then I have this this club, which is basically just this awful rock tied to a stick <laughs> that I bludgeon people with. It's not, it's not pretty. You know, the game is gorgeous, but the setting, the theme, uh, survival is not pretty in that game. Like, it feels raw and gross and nasty. Everything is hairy and mangy. And the, the world is overrun with garbage and awful creatures and stuff like that. So you're running around and everything I saw, my gut reaction was to bludgeon it to death with this big stump rock on a stick. Uh, so I run, across, I swim across this river, which I'm barely getting through because this giant like 70 foot sea monster starts biting my leg. And I'm like, great, thanks. So I get to the other side and this thing pops up and it's kind of like, Oh, there's a there's a there's a, you found a new a new a new thing a new area like there's a new little en- enclave of people and I look over and there's a man and his wife oh, uh, and you can't really tell which one's which because they're both like you know how like all cavemen kind of look like garbage pail kids <laughs> <laughs> sorry I mean, cavemen or women uh, and they're just like two ugly like kind of like humanoid monkey looking people and they're sitting by a fire and they're just like and my gut reaction is run up and murder them before they kill me (laughs) exactly so I run up on this lady and I beat her head in with my club like six times and she's like and just bash her skull in and her husband gets up and is like I gotta kill this guy so he runs over to like his tent his shack his garbage shack and he's like I'm gonna make a thing and I run up behind him and I'm like ah and I start bashing his head in. So then I look down. He's dead, and he's on the ground. And his mouth's all mangled open. And I run back to the fire where the lady was because I'm like, maybe she left some treats for me when she died. <laughs> and she's completely dead. Her mouth is, like, dislocated from her face, and her tit is hanging out. Her whole boob, the whole real woman's boob, is hanging out of her yabba dabba shirt, and her and her husband are dead. And then I swam back across the river. Well, and I'm like, what am I doing <laughs> Yeah, that, uh, I mean those games have always been definitely my favorite game of PSX. <laughs> All right, they're. Uh, I mean those, those games have always been about like, here's something insane. Here's a crazy time. You're in yeah. this world full of. I mean, they're, they're Far Cry. It's, it's a Far Cry from what you're familiar with, yep. you know. And uh, I mean that's kind of the, that's kind of the premise. I got it. I mean, that's kind of the idea. It's I a distant it. foreign. It's it's you know it's a it's a game about tourism. Uh, I mean. Far Cry Two was like Wait, a, you know what, tourism. <laughs> no, I mean like it's you're tra- you're traveling. You're going. It's exotic. Oh, yeah, it's see, exotica. Yeah, and like sure. Far Cry Three, I feel like really nailed that. It was like 
Well, I'm Jason Brody. I'm on this island vacation yep. after having some Sambuca shots with my pals. <laughs> oh, no, these crazy foreign people are after me. Yep. I better get tribal tattoos <laughs> to fit in, you know? Like, there's some issues there. Uh, Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon was all crazy time. Yep. Uh, I feel like with Primal, it's the first one where they've been like, we dropped the number. Here's another word. Here's a word. Here's a, here, and they've been doing this with uh, with Assassin's Creed for ages. Yeah. Uh, and we're also seeing this happen with um, with big franchises. Obviously, franchises and IPs are how we follow things these, in this day and age. But if you put a number on there, the higher the number is, the more it scares off people who haven't seen the previous numbers. Mm-hmm. Sure. So if you say, oh, yeah, Assassin's Creed Syndicate, you're like, eh. I don't yeah, know what I mean, that is, but the, the whole beginning of this generation, you know, kills in our shadowfall, exactly. and uh, what incub- it, yeah, infamous second son, and like a bunch of things that just dropped the yep. three. Dropped the the Force Awakens doesn't say Episode yeah. Seven anywhere on mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Uh, Captain America: Civil War isn't Captain yeah, America Captain three. Yeah, like they're sure, completely. Yeah. That's a thing that we're seeing, like kind of across the board here. Yeah. Uh, Far Cry Primal, but because it's not a numbered one, we kind of almost, and it is this drastically different thing. I feel like we're kind of like, oh, is this a full game? And they're like, hell yes, it's a full game. Did you play with your wolf? Uh, I played with my wolf a little bit. I don't know how to turn into the wolf. So uh, you got to blow a flute at it or something. So you can you can if you play your you pull up this thing is like this little musical instrument you play with your hands. You do like a fart noise with your thumbs. Yeah, like, it's like a wolf, it's like a construction worker wolf whistle, and all of a sudden you can either summon an actual wolf or your owl, who basically flies in like a drone and scouts things and can one hit kill almost any animal in the game. <laughs> so I'm f- flying around just to sort of get a lay of the land because I'm like I don't know. What's up ahead? There's a mountain. So I sent this owl out there, and I saw a goat, and I flew down and killed him. And then he popped up on my map, and I went and harvested his cool meat, made a nice sweet bag. You can do all kind of fun stuff I was, like that. So the thing so weird. I was really excited because like I thought that for a second there was no map. Yeah, like you've got a mini map kind of, but then the idea that your owl would be your scouting tool, like you can set waypoints with the owl. But I really was hoping that there'd be less UI entirely here. Mm-hmm. There'd be almost no HUD. You're using. A rock on a stick as a weapon, like it doesn't really need to tell you your ammo. Like maybe just figure that out for yourself. Right. Pay attention to how many of your three spears you've thrown. Uh, go pick one up if you need it. You know, like I like that idea of just being mm-hmm. like, hey, everything in front of you is in front of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a map that looks like a cave painting, which is sort of cool. It's very much like the Far Cry Four map where they're like, oh, here's where the tapirs live. If you want to murder them, yeah, go visit the tapirs and punch yeah. them to death with your hands. Hey, it's Wolf Valley. Yeah, uh, go mess around with that stuff. I was sort of. I feel like I, I was thrown in there for you know ten minutes or whatever, yeah. and I, I liberated or didn't liberate. I ruined an outpost with fire, but uh, I feel like I didn't really play it weird enough. Like I didn't mm-hmm. really get to the caveman side of it. I kind of stealthed in and did some bow and arrow stuff, and I was like. I could do that in old Far Cries. Yeah. I got killed by a bear in a cave, but I was like, I could have done that in old Far Cries. This is not really... So one thing I did with my spear, which was a big mistake, was I was hanging out with my wolf dog, and uh, I... say wolf. Well, I'll call it whatever I want. No, it's a dire wolf. Uh, And and I got in a fight with another sort of animal beast, and then (laughs) I turned around and my wolf dog wasn't there, so I saw this other... I saw, like, the wolf dog running towards me, and my gut reaction was to murder it. So I threw my spear at his head, and it got stuck in his neck... And he came over to me like a good boy. It was sort of like when you're playing Far, you know, uh, Fallout, and your dog gets lit on fire, and he comes over to you, and he's like wagging his tail, and you're like, <laughs> "Are you all right?" <laughs> so my wolf wolf boy comes up to me, and he's got his 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 neck stabbed in with this thing, and then I went up and I pet him. Man. So I'm like petting him, and he had a he had a spear stuck in his. Neck. We played very different games at E3. Wow, at right. uh, PSX. Yeah. Wow. yeah, yeah, seriously, me too. Yeah. What was your favorite part? What did you play? Uh, the two things I remember the most, or I'm going to remember the most, are I played Res VR using the 
The uh, vibrator suit the vi- for sexual 26 people. 26 vibrations all over me. I got it strapped up. They touched my grundle, and it went all the mm-hmm. way up, and there was 26 little spots of vibration, uh, and I got to play Area 1 and then the boss of Area 5 in VR. Did you get a boner? VR. I didn't get a uh, Mo, I didn't get Was a there a vibrator on your, on your <laughs> schwans? <laughs> Why do you keep asking him questions about his schwanz? <laughs> I literally asked one question. I, well, I guess I was that was, actually, no, it was, two. Two. It was a yeah. two-part question. Yeah. Uh, no and... I should have prefaced it. No just, and yes. Okay. Um, in, in that order. Uh, yeah, but it was great. Reds is one of my favorite games of all time. It works so good in VR. Head mm-hmm. tracking to lock on to stuff was great. Uh, playing it surround sound was amazing. The vibrator has never come... Someone asked a question about the trans vibrator. Yeah, right? Jason Hales asked, do you think that Awesome Suit will be available to use with VR? A lot of people really no. want that suit. That's, no, uh, that's a one of a kind. One of a kind. There's literally one of a kind. They're gonna take it to certain shows. Like it'll be at GDC. It'll be at TGS. But, oh, that's gonna uh, be a real hot suit. It's a real sweat. I was the second person of the day to use and it. Yeah. You can wash it. Yeah. You can so wash I think it. that like Res obviously has its its hardcore fan base. There's a lot of people love it. It's very cool. It's also I think one of the worst things you can show on a giant screen oh, yeah. in front of a ton of people to be yeah. like, yeah. look at how fun this is. And you're like, what am I looking at? It yeah. looks right. like a Winamp visualization. Yeah. You know? I thought the announcement was cool. I was excited for it. But like and playing then, it was fine the one I was like, oh, this is great. And yeah. then being like, hey, you, you, you stoked about this still unproven headset device? Yeah. Well, good news, we've got a suit that we're not actually selling. And it's like, yeah. you, have, you have just tattered your messaging there. Like yeah. You've yeah. just ripped it apart yeah. and thrown it right. away. We've, we've talked about this a thousand times on the show, but uh, the, one of the big hurdles of VR is just going to be how do you sell it to an audience? Like mm-hmm. How do you how do you actually convey the experience? What are you laughing about, little what are you baby boy? What about over there? you got big old, big old yeah, big boy well, smile on your face. Hey, there. I'm listening. Hey, yeah, everybody. Yeah. I mean, people who are going to get excited about Res were people who are willing to buy a game that came with a vibrator in 2002 anyway. Like, yeah. Or whatever the hell that yeah. was. Uh, the other, the second thing, uh, really quick, was Bound, which is the game by Plastic, who did Datura. That was the game that was teased last week that we thought was the Ballerina got a war game, yeah, starring Karen, but it wasn't. It it's was, not. No. So that that dream goes back into the cubby. Yeah, uh, but it's <laughs> one of Sony Santa Monica's incubator games. It's this 3D character platformer. Oh, wow. I don't know why I said yeah, any of this. <laughs> Here's the Karen dream. You're weird. Dream cubby coming on PlayStation. You belong with your dumb wolf dog. Uh, but the game is this really gorgeous. Uh, Beautiful artistic 3D character platformer where your character is a ballerina and the, her movement is the coolest movement I've ever seen. I am a gamer, dude. I don't want to no, play this game. Go. I don't want to be ballet dance woman. I uh, want to be crocodile man. Uh, but Mitch and I did a big old conversation on that, so you can listen to that. Awesome. What about you, Goldie? Uh, I didn't have time to play a bunch. I played Goldie Rush Remastered a little bit. And, What'd you play? Uh, what remastered? Gravity Rush. Okay. Uh, man, that game is pretty and fun, and I. It's like weird because I really want to go back to it, but I'm kind of impatient. I might just do a new playthrough on Vita, honestly. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's gorgeous on PS4. It makes me so excited for Gravity Rush 2. Because uh, that's actually in the same way we kind of talked about Nino Kuni. It's like seeing something yeah. that was on Vita and really pretty and cool, but like obviously limited as yeah. opposed to this PS4 version. Like it just knock over so whole like, watermelon carts. I just I still really like the mechanics <laughs> of that game. So yeah, I'm excited to, to see more of that. Um, yeah, and, and favorite I, thing at PSX was probably uh, cards. I yeah. actually really like. If you didn't see it, Destin and Alana did a really cool video where Destin actually got the full deck last year, uh, and Alana uh, via PlayStation got a, a deck of the new ones, and they just kind of compared them and talked to them and go through like how you got them. It's just a really like really nice, clean, well shot video. I, I liked it a lot. They kind of messed up with those cards because there's 52 of them to collect. There were 66. This oh, were there 66? So last year it was a deck of playing cards. Okay, so okay. So that's what I thought it was. Yeah. Whereas this okay. year it's just there's uh, gotcha. 66 in total, but that includes all the variations. And then there were like trophy cards where it's like if you collected enough stuff, okay, okay. you could get a platinum well, or I bronze. Stand, I or, stand corrected. They did kind of – it kind of sucked because they didn't have anything on the back of the cards. Like they still had the playing card approach of having them like yeah. something's on the front. But like maybe write a blurb about Battlefront or Uncharted or whatever. Like yep. say what this game is. Sure. Like that'll take – 
three hours for an intern. Make them do it. Yeah. They'll get real disgruntled and write lies. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. Nathan Drake's back again. Whatever. This time he's a crocodile man. No crocodile man. This movie was just very hot. Honestly, like, yeah. I didn't really I didn't really see much at PSX because, uh, like, I don't know. It's it's weird. It's a fan convention. We see this happen at at, uh, at PAX too, where like oh man, they're making a PAX too. <sighs> yeah, it's episodic. Yeah, but they're calling it they're calling it PAX Prime because they don't want to scare off people who didn't play the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they. Uh, I mean, PAX it's, Primal it, having a having a, a media badge and being like, oh, I'm going to cut to the front of the line. It's like. At E3, like I kind of like that's kind of a thing, you know. You yeah. want to be like, I'm gonna get yeah. in there, check out the game. This is a trade show. This is about checking stuff out. Because then we're I, getting cutthroat with other people from other outlets who we're competing with on, sure. a, on a business level. Sure, that's business, whatever. That's what that's for. Anything this goes. Is, I mean, like with PSX, this is a bunch of people trying to play games because they want to play games because they you know paid to go see games and play them. Yeah, like, I'm not. I, I'm not gonna cut like a and, PlayStation fan in line. That's a uh, stick. You know, and I, yeah, and I got people running up to say hi and that they like my podcast. And I'm like, I honestly, I looked around and I kind of people watched and, and checked out some stuff over, yep. over some shoulders but I didn't actually really play anything mm-hmm. um, and you know I'm okay with that like I'm cool with that uh, we'll get to check stuff out soon enough yep. whenever wherever uh, god what caught my eye I really I talked about it on this very show but uh, was it Hob is that what it's yeah. called Hob is so great yeah, and I said it looked really great, and you guys are like, "What's with the, the games?" But I never, I you weren't there at, that day. Maybe I played it at PAX. I loved it. I yeah. wrote it up. Yeah, when He's they first announced it, I was like, "Torchlight was really, really good. Yeah. This looks really promising." Yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, it was it was a wonderful time seeing people. Uh, I I love the size of, of PSX. That was really nice. If you mm-hmm. have the opportunity, ladies and gentlemen at home, go to the next one. Like wherever it is if it's san francisco even better because we'll definitely be there yep if not you know make the make the trek because it's uh it's a really good time um it was cool we ran into adam boys just crossing the the floor of the hall yeah. we were just like hey how's it going what's up and he was saying that what inspired him to kind of like to sort of push this forward was going to the uh the eve event the the, the mm-hmm. what's it called the, the, the fan fest fan or whatever fest, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how it's just like there is a very special feeling of getting all these people in a room together and getting them excited about the same thing as we yep. as i mentioned um and it's just kind of cool to like have it that size still you know get in on the ground floor before this is comic-con or whatever you know yeah. so if it ever gets that big mm-hmm. that'd be weird if it was yeah. Um, right. Want to do some B fire? Yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it. Let's do. Yeah, I have to go to Nintendo Direct. Meeting so soon, uh, every I week I go on the podcast beyond Facebook group. That's facebook.com slash groups slash podcast beyond. Yep, it is beyond. moderated by a bunch of brave souls. No, seriously, we met so many. Let's of get the into that. Actually, I want to give a thank you to Anthony, Jim, Johnny, Jessica, Evan, and Cecil for being amazing moderators. Agatha, Agnes, Jermaine, hey, Jack, <laughs> Ricky, uh, Jimmy, and the Crocodiles. No, we met a bunch. No, of these guys are awesome. Oh, we met a bunch of them at Jillian at the kind of funny meet and greet you met yep. a bunch of them on the show floor all of you guys are incredible thank you so much for your hard work uh, and we that's legitimately a place we love yeah you know, uh, there are over 10,000 people in that group so obviously it gets very difficult to maintain and keep clean uh, a lot of people go in there with the intentions of starting fights and stuff like that because you know I guess they forget that video games are supposed to be fun but uh, these people who I just shouted out and I will do it again right now Anthony, Jim, Johnny, Jessica, Evan and Cecil thank you so much for keeping it clean in there and running a tight ship uh, you should go join that group because it's awesome mm-hmm. and it if you do me. when I go in there once a week and I ask for questions you can answer or you can ask them to me just like say, real Kenton quick, that, that reminded me of In Good Will Hunting when he recites the names of his brothers and sisters right Sorry, uh, just like <laughs> go, just go. Thanks. Just like Kenton in Ian, Ianitsi says, will any of you give Destiny 
a try in the next few months. I already no. did. I uh, just started it. Really? Ago. Yeah, I just got through like the tutorial mission and got to like the hub area and I'm like level two or whatever. Like I, I got myself to the point where when I decide to jump in, I'll go get Sparkle Light and just try it. Wow. Because um, that gets you level 25. So I'm I'm I, I am up to the point where I could start it, but I know very little about it. That's so cool. I played a lot of Vanilla Destiny. Um, I don't know. I know a lot of people are playing it. A lot of people I love are playing it. I'm, I'm, to be honest, I'm probably not going to. Me yeah, neither. Too many things are coming out in the next couple months. Yeah. Vanilla Destiny is actually my drag name. It feels like um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So right my, now it's my just, dragon name. <laughs> it feels like a like a boss I missed. You know. Yeah. yeah. Like it 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 seems like it's 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 gone. It's left. There's, and there's. Yeah. Buses like roll on a screen. I know. I, I could wonder, jump in at any time. I it's wonder just, if there's uh, anybody who had this with with Halo and like because honestly, I, I Halo was a thing that I never got into. I was just sort of like it's all right, whatever, yeah. not my jam. And then there's all these people who are super hardcore about it. And I was like, Destiny's coming along, and I'm like, you know what? This looks more my speed. It's more weird and fantastical and yeah. uh, less military, and I'm totally down with that. And I played it, and I was like, you know, I put time into it, and I was like, all right. And then Taken King came out, and everyone's like, okay, now now go play it. And I feel like was that. You know, was that like when Halo 2 came out? It was like, now we're talking. Now we get to yeah. go online and mess around. And it's really the thing that w- was kind of intended. And it sucks because I totally feel like I missed the bus. And I don't have any plans to go to try in the next few months. Uh, especially like other games I'm play. actually surprised you or I didn't ever really get into it because it's like so Star Wars. On well, so many, Battle, yeah, like, Battlefront came out. It scratches that itch. Entirely, yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. So I don't know. Um, um, maybe I'll wait for the so next expansion to jump in. Who knows? I'm going to run to a Nintendo Direct meeting Okay, uh, real quick. Uh Silent Night now, uh, three hundred hours. Gears of War. Hey, <laughs> just, I'm just gonna Wait, no, go, go. spoilers. Now, now, now people will get it. Yeah. All right, Paul Matson, least favorite Christmas right, song. Great, but yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, if you want to come to the Nintendo meeting, it's in Wait, shut up. I don't. That's right, literally. Go okay. This is a podcast. We're still, on the we're still recording the podcast. Get get yeah, out. Get, get out, out of here. Get out of the frame. Get out of here. Quickies with Goldie. Look at look at you like the jerk. See you later, crocodile boy. Lost. Sweaty little meat pie. Yeah. What is your least favorite Christmas song? That's weird that Silent Night Did is Kid Rock ever favorite. do one? Probably. I feel like he did. It's probably up so, there. Yeah, Paul Matson asked, what's your least favorite kid song? Uh, Goldfarb said Silent Night. Really? Silent Night's kind of I, I don't like the, what's it, I the hate John Lennon one? So this is Christmas. I don't like that one. What about the one that's like... <laughs> I don't oh, know that's the... Christmas Christmas time. Yeah. Having sex on Christmas. <laughs> I mean, there's one... I like Baby It's Cold Outside until you do a close reading and you realize yeah. it's uh, real problematic. It's a dark song. It's uh, a dark song about a man who won't let the woman leave. Yeah. I... Uh, I don't. Stay I really kind of dislike a lot of modern Christmas songs, just because mm-hmm. it's sort of like anything that's like like post Black Friday being a household term is sort of like yep. It's eh, soulless. I don't like it. Um, yep. But I like the weird old stuff, like the songs that are just kind of like eh, this was originally about weird bird spirits. But well, well, yeah, the like the the Twelve Days of Christmas. It's like all about birds and giving gifts yeah. of weird dancing men and crap. I, I like I always liked uh I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus because I didn't really understand that for the longest time that was a story about a wife kif- kissing your husband. I was always just like that's a story about a crazy woman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they uh, made out with a man that came out of her chimney. <laughs> uh what's the is it Jingle Bell, like Jingle Bell Rock, is is that's a good one. I like the part where they say "Giddy up, Jingle Horse, pick up your feet." <laughs> <laughs> like I always hear that part. I'm like, that's Jingle well, that's horse. a good way to just straight up bust in the room and drop the mic, right? That's the first thing they say in that song. Like you hear Bandalam Band, and he comes, "Giddy up, Jingle Horse, pick up your feet." Like a man walked into a building and yelled that <laughs> <laughs> to his friends. <laughs> 
Um, John right. Murray says, when were you the most excited about video games? I wrote 300 for Andrew's answer. <laughs> I think I got that wrong. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't see um, where that answer fits oh, to any of these questions. He said Gears. I think he said Gears of War. He said around no, he said now. Oh, he said, he said now. now. Which I, I agree with. I think now now is a really good time. Now is a good time. Uh, uh, I was having this conversation with my mom well, the other day about how I, like, she was like, what do you want for Christmas? And I was like, I don't know. She's like, well, I used to get you video games for Christmas, and I can't do that anymore because yeah. your job does that now. And I was like, yeah, actually thinking about it, like, Christmas time was always my favorite time of year because I would hear about games all year, and I'd put them on a list, and I'd finally get them at the end of the year. And now, like, you're an, you're an adult, and you get whatever you want when you want it. But, no, now's a, now's a really good time. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I think that, like, I'm I'm – I'm on board more than I've ever been. That's with, great. It's, with, which, yeah. with where all of this is going. There was a lot of, it was just a, a very kind of interesting year for games because there was a lot of really, really huge, big, daunting games. And then there were a lot of smaller, really interesting ones. Yep. And like, I was trying to put together a, a top 10 list and I realized that like, I I don't feel like I like I didn't consume enough. Like I, t- I put tons of hours into large games and like played a handful of smaller ones. Right. But like, I didn't like. I should have beat more smaller ones because then I would have been like, I did all these. But it's like it feels like summer reading, you know? Yeah. You're like you could have read the, the 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 longest book ever, but that doesn't count as a if you don't didn't finish you didn't finish the whole book. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. Um, and sometimes you got to knock out a few sh- short stories, you know? Yeah. You just exactly. Get to, you get just as much from that. Um, yeah. I um, I think seeing The Witcher three in action was some, one yeah. of the most excited I've uh, ever been. Uh, getting to. Uh, Oh God! Getting to see the reveal of Ground Zeroes. Yeah, um, I was. That was at PAX Prime 2012. I was feverish. I was very sick, and I was being sent. Oh, to you were actually thing. actually feverish. I was literally feverish, <laughs> and I was sitting in the middle of this big theater, and it was it was cool because it was full of fans, a bunch of people I knew from like the Destructoid community, and like we're all kind of sitting there. And Kojima comes out, and he's in a, a rhinestone like diamond dog shirt, or, you know, foxhound shirt, and he's you know Jeff Keighley's interviewing him. And then they show the gameplay, and it's the first time we've seen you know Metal Gear Solid Five in action. And they were like, "Yeah, you can have a helicopter come in, and it plays Ride of the Valkyries." And it was kind of weird because that was stuff that didn't exist in Ground Zeroes, you know? Right. Like that was going to be like the tutorial stage or whatever. Um, that was back before they announced that was in, in two parts, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or maybe it was they sort of hinted at it or whatever. But it was it was definitely stuff that was not in the the finished product. But it was still like incredible watching that. And I was just in like a, a cold sweat, and I was like wearing a parka. And I'm just, just, I'm like, that's Kojima. <laughs> like, and then I wound up getting to go to Japan to play Ground Zeroes. Yep. And I hung out with Mitch. And, you know, we were, like, in this weird Konami compound and, like, just getting drunk on Suntory whiskey and God, e- eating awesome. eating sushi with, like, the game's producer. And it was just like, holy crap. And then Phantom Pain came out. And it's like, that's, that's going to be one of my favorite games for a long time. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's and like this that that whole like life cycle of like here's this here's this game here's yep. Metal Gear Solid Five and like before that it was I've talked about it on the show but like Metal Gear Solid Two, Metal Gear Solid Five was like I'm doing this for my job this is so yeah. so cool um but yeah Witcher um Witcher Three I got to see that that gameplay demo when they first showed off and they've given that that badass hunting monster cinematic at yep. the time yeah uh but the way they do it is is CD Projekt usually gets like a little uh little conference room and they do like very kind of carefully scheduled demos and showings and stuff um and i played i'd played a bit of witcher 2 and i was like eh, whatever i'll give it a shit you know let's check it out and then, and then i saw that cinematic and i was like this looks really insane uh and i think it, at that point i feel like they had revealed cyberpunk maybe or i can't remember yeah that. 
Um, I think they I were was, talking about it. A I was bit. keeping it up. Yeah, no, they. I think they were because they had a they had the cyberpunk gun on right. display. Oh yeah, but it was kind of like they basically were working on one game. Yeah. But they wanted to say they were working on two games, so then it's like, oh, these guys are a big deal. And now we know they are totally a big deal. Um, but I was I was rushing to my appointment. Uh, I'm wearing a big stupid Hawaiian shirt, and I'm wearing a pink sash that was given to me by the fine folks over at Gay Gamer because I was uh, awarded one of the e th- the hottest men of E3. All right. Uh, and so I I burst into this appointment with a bunch <laughs> of Polish guys, and I'm just in this Hawaiian shirt and a pink sash, and I'm like, sorry, I'm late. I want to see The Witcher, and they're like. All right, well, the, th- the theater's full, but you can sit on the floor. And I was like, I will sit on the floor. <laughs> and they're like, why are you wearing a sash? And I'm like, the gay guys like me. <laughs> and they show this incredible trailer of, or not trailer, but the, the gameplay demo where you're like, where he's like hunting a griffin or whatever. And, he's, and it's just like, I mean, you play The Witcher 3 or you've seen it in action. Like, you know how cool that is. And like the first time seeing that, I was just like, wow. Skyrim can eat my ass. Like, holy, <laughs> holy mother of God. This game is astounding. And I was just like, yep, that's my game of the show. I'm excited about that. If you go and watch, like, I think if you watch, like, one of the... I, I really, really hate when games are like... it. The game comes out, and it's like, winner of 72 awards. And you're like, we haven't played the full game yet. We just said it looked cool. And yeah. then we gave it a weird piece of foam core that you stuck on your E3 booth yeah. and then threw out afterwards. Yeah, that's, uh, a, that's, that's big business. That I stuff, was stoked because they, they did do an E3, like, a post E3 trailer that had, like... A little like a Rev Three games. Yep, Max's pick. Like it says Max at the at the front of one of the Witcher trailers, and I'm just like, that's pretty. That's pretty exciting. Because I was excited about it, and I got to yeah. be like, I'm excited about this game over here. And everyone's like, maybe I should look at this game. And I went home and read the short story book, and Witcher's great. Yeah, I'm excited that I will never finish that game because there's so yeah. it's too big. I, I think by the time you do, there'll just be more stuff. Well, yeah. Cyberpunk yeah. Uh, might be coming out next year. Maybe yeah, next year. Rumors are to believe. Yeah. I'm super I'm excited for that because I love I love everything about The Witcher except for the setting. Yeah. Like so, if you jank all of that out and throw it somewhere else, I'm, I'm love totally everything in. except for the witches. That's right. Uh, we'll do one more. Christina Shop says weirdest thing that happened at a Christmas party. So I want to tell a quick story. Uh, before we, both of your time here at IGN, we had a Christmas party uh, when, uh, here at IGN back when we used to be owned by Fox. And our editor-in-chief at the time, Hillary Goldstein, and I don't care if I'm getting anyone in trouble, uh, had an idea where we did this thing called Stars for Shots. Uh, so at our Christmas party, every time you took a shot of alcohol, you got a star. And it was a little sticker that you could put on your face. And the person with the most stars at the end won a prize. So uh, It's the most unhealthy thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I looked at this contest and just once over, top to bottom, I had the probably the best reaction I've ever had to any of these things, which was, nope. <laughs> and I decided, I'm going to sit this one out. I'm going to drink a lot. But I'm going to sit at the whole shot competition thing. So one by one, uh, editors like Jim Riley and Dave Clayman, Nate Ahern, the classic IGN guys, cover themselves in stickers. Hillary Goldstein at one point, now keep in mind this is a few months after I started here and after this guy became my boss, uh, came, came stumbling up to me covered in star stickers, holding two drinks and yelling, I'm in another dimension. <laughs> and I'm like, this is the editor in chief of our website. So a good friend at the time named Scott Bromley, who is now our co-host on the Comedy Button, uh, Max and I have been working with him for years collectively, uh, decided because he can't lose anything. Oh, boy. That he had to win this competition. So Scott Goldie's back. <laughs> Goldfarb's back. Wow, that Nintendo Direct is a pretty short. Uh, it was just, just 
who was assigning the roles. We don't care. We don't care about Nintendo Direct. Sorry, Mario. So to catch, to catch you up, hey. uh, we're talking about we're on the very last thing. The Christmas thing party. Yeah. Christmas Christmas party. party. Yeah. So IGN Christmas Party 2009. Hillary Goldstein, editor in chief, decides shots for stars. You get star secret for every shot you take, and the winner gets a prize. So Scott Bromley. Oh, uh, I don't know if anyone remembers this. Longtime Beyond fans will remember that Scott Bromley actually had a trophy war with Colin and yep. Greg and a whole bunch of other people at IGN, and he won that too uh, because he ended up taking a bunch of games from the library like Hannah Montana and all this other stuff and getting easy platinums and beating everybody. Uh, Scott's a crazy person when it comes to that stuff. He just won a pinball competition over the weekend. He's just out of his mind. He can't lose. So Scott decided to win this competition. His face was like literally covered in star stickers. He got a $100 uh, Amex gift card as a prize, and then he got into a taxi threw up in the back of the taxi, ended up tipping the taxi like $60, so he lost all of his money back, <laughs> and then got back to his apartment building, which is now Greg and Colin's current apartment building, yep. and passed out throwing up on the stairs leading up to his apartment. <laughs> so that's probably my the weirdest thing that's ever happened at a Christmas party. Yeah. I mean, yeah, most weird things are just alcohol-related. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, last year was pretty weird when... Oh, that was your like you hadn't even started yet, or you had just they had just announced that you were coming on, and so yeah. you sort of just entered. But yeah, they literally th- announced it there. Yeah, yeah. that was halfway really exciting. Th- yeah, you and Zach, same thing. Uh, but halfway through the night, the open bar lapsed, and they were like, "Oh, it's not an open bar anymore." But Hunter Pence was there, and so he picked up the open bar for twenty minutes until they figured it out, and then the, the open bar resumed after that. Oh, and yeah. I think you came and got a drink a second before that happened. I like they were like I remember they. <laughs> Uh, it was like my first my first IGN thing formally, and I show up, and I was like, I'll have a vodka soda, and they were like, open bar's over, and I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> and then like I think like it yeah like they, they didn't really announce it. Pro- I was like talking to people and meeting new you know new coworkers and everything. And I turn around, it's like like I just get my drinks, and they're like, "Yeah, open bars back again." I was like, I was like, "All right, here's twenty-four dollars." <laughs> yep. All right, never mind. So Hunter uh, Pence picked up the open bar really? in, the, in that window in the little interim. He didn't. He yeah. Hunter Pence did buy me a drink. And World now Series winner did. Hunter Pence. Yeah. Uh-huh. That, Not uh, good. His proposal was really cute. It's worth watching. You should Google around. For oh it. yeah, no, I actually had I had just gotten married like a month before, and he had heard about it through uh, Alexis, his girlfriend, and he said, uh, "Hunter Pence is a baseball no, his, man." Yeah. Yeah. His fiance now, From and he the, said, he oh, said, um, he said, congrats on getting, congrats on getting married, congrats on your ring, congratulations. And I looked at his hand where he had a, a, a World Series <laughs> ring, and I was like, congrats on your ring. And he was like, I didn't get married. And I was like, no, you, you married, you got married to the sport of baseball. You want a cool ring for that? And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, that. Like it was nothing. I was like, <laughs> okay, well, yeah, that's yeah, was, yeah, but he's really awesome. I've still never met him. He seems really cool. Though. That's funny. Yeah. He's uh, really great. Yeah, our Christmas parties the last few years. I don't think there's anything too crazy yet, other than just people getting super drunk. Tomorrow's our next one, so I'm sure something, I remember, something yeah. real bad's gonna happen tomorrow. I remember yeah. we're gonna have to, a story for the show. Wanting to make a like a, a just like not a super weird first impression or anything, you know. And it was like just kind of I was excited to show up and you know announce that I was doing this thing. And then I also had like there was somebody else was having a party, and I was like, you know, I don't want to like come on too strong. And so I remember doing shots with Pear, and then Pear does shots. A, I think so, yeah. And then I wound up at a different party where there were a bunch of people from Crunchyroll, and uh, my pal Evan, who's uh, Evan Minto, is on the the Crunchy cast. Um, I think I I crumpled up a twenty dollar bill in front of him, and I was like, "I heard it was your birthday recently." And then I handed him this crumpled twenty. He was like, 
Thank, thank you? What an awful gift. Did you pull it out of his ear like a lecherous uncle? I was like, you'll never guess what this is. And he's like, you just did that in front of me. And I was like, all right, fine. Oh, so, yeah, Christmas parties are real bad. But yeah. the good thing is usually somebody's drunker than you probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Always make sure someone's drunker than you. Don't be the drunkest person it anywhere. Is, I do really like stuff like pair doing shots, though. Like, those Christmas parties are fun because you do people just – you see people in a totally different context. And, like, they're, like, much more relaxed than normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be a good time. Um, we'll, we'll let you know how the next one goes. Yeah. No, I'm, well. uh, Why do you look at me when you said that? It's, it's almost uh, No, I'm talking to our oh. audience. Oh. Old Crocodile Boy. <laughs> Old Crocodile Boy. a thing boy. I missed. <laughs> I mean, it's a thing yeah. we all miss. It's, we it's, it's the, weird, the, the weird, it's side project. the space between our heads where yep. thoughts come out of them yeah. and get lost in We only have a few more Beyonds left this year, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're wrapping up. We're coming. Is next week the last one? Yeah, we should record. I have some ideas to record some extra stuff that'll go up there. Yeah, yeah. Figure that out. I have a really good time doing the show with you guys, and I have a really good time uh, when people listen to it and aren't mean about it. And a lot of people oh. were really, really nice at PSX. Everyone so, was really nice. Uh, yeah, Except thanks. Thank you guys <laughs> yeah. all for like listening. One and, guy. Um, yeah. If you have anything you'd write, like to write in about, we are beyond at ign.com. Uh, of course, we mentioned the Facebook group. Um, yeah, anything you guys want to announce that's going I w- on? I want to say thank you to the guy that came up to Marty and I and telling us how much he loved uh, our work on uh, Colin and Greg Live. <laughs> That was really good. That was really good. Was and really I was—I I forget which one you we said you were. Were you the Republican or the cookie guy? I think you said. I mean, I look more like Greg. Yeah. 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 I, I don't think you look. Well, you're, you're more Republican yeah, than you, I am. You have glasses and you have short hair. Is that the, why you look? I have more no idea. Neither one yeah. of you look like them at all. No, not at all. <laughs> but either way, we played the we played the roles. I mean, you and look then like he, you could be like Colin's like older uncle or. Colin something. and I definitely I, look like cousins. Definitely yes. look like Greg and I could be related. I mean, Colin and I are both like kind of like yeah. rigid uh, East Coasters from with Italian look roots, like twin brothers or anything. But yes, you could. You guys, I can see you being a Midwestern boy with glasses, and I can see you being a East Coast. I am a Midwestern boy with glasses. Anyway, the nice boy came up and was like, hey, can I get a photo with you guys? And you took a photo, and then... uh, I'm going to tag the wrong names. You made sure to tag... No taxation and game over Greggy That's on right. Twitter. Someone right? thought Zach was Brandon Tyrell, which was really funny. That's pretty good. Really? Um, Someone thought Andrew was Shuhei Yeshida. Yeah. That was Shout out to USP. Wow, that's that's a that's real way off. Yeah, it was it was actually Sean Layden, and he just told me everything was right. I got it. Really, um, I thought Final Fantasy VII would be oh, a non-episodic right. oh, multi-part oh, release, but oh, instead they broke my. We gotta get this. We're, this is supposed to. This has been a real long hour ago. All right. Good night, everybody. Or yep. Good day. Uh, we'll uh, yeah. We'll see you uh, next next time. Write us an email. Go on the pa- the Facebook group. Make some friends. Be and nice uh, to each other. Play some video games. They're all yep. they're all coming out. They're all. Yep. I think all of the games of the year are out. They, yep. They're done coming out. That's it. After Jay Z's birthday, there are no more games <laughs> that come out in the year. And then you can go play them on your favorite gaming machines. The end. That have PlayStation logos. Beyond. 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 Beyond.